0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Conscious Love Show. Before we dive into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that the Inspired Love Program is now open for enrollment. If you've wanted to work with me in 2023, this is your opportunity, and you can apply now by going to inspiredloveprogram.com. When you go to that page, you'll have the opportunity to look over some information about the program. You can send in your application if you're ready to apply. And once your application is approved, you'll be able to book a discovery call with our team to find out if this program is the right thing for you. I'm very excited about what we're gonna be doing in the program this year, and I want you to be there. So if you feel like this is the thing for you, go apply now and we cannot wait to meet you on your discovery call. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Conscious Love Show. This is our first episode of 2023. Uh, excited to bring in the new year with the first podcast. And I was thinking, um, you know, what do I want to start the year with? What's what's a good topic to really kick off the new year? And uh, I thought, let's talk about the true path to love. You know, from from wherever you are, wherever you're starting from, and we all have different starting points, Some of us are starting from just coming out of a breakup, feeling heartbroken. Some of us have been ghosted or, or dating and like hitting a wall with it. So, you know, everybody's starting from different places, but wherever you're starting from, it doesn't really matter where you're starting from. What matters is what you do next, right? What matters is, is not where you are right now. That's, that's just where you are and that can and will change. I promise you, but what matters is what you do next. What matters is where you go from here. And so if you wanted to start 2023 with where you are right now in your life, and you want to say, okay, so how do I start where I am right now? And how do I start stepping in the right direction? How do I start making the steps towards love? Like what are those steps and and what are the, Quote right steps. What are the wrong steps? Not not right and wrong necessarily, but we could say effective and ineffective, right? What's going to get me on track and what's going to get me off track? So I thought it'd be great to start the year with just a comprehensive conversation about all this different kind of stuff, and uh, and and we'll see where it goes. We'll see what unfolds today. So that's what we're going to do. I also before we dive in. I just want to let everybody know, uh, many of you are probably already aware, but if you're not, uh, Inspired Love is now open for enrollment. So we opened for enrollment on the first of the year. Um, We've had tons of calls booked already, and they they keep coming in by the minute. So um, if if you want to apply, if you're interested in working with me this year, if you want to be a part of the program, um, now is the time to go book your call to make sure you get in, and uh, we'll... You know, we'll love to meet you. We'll have your discovery call. We'll talk face to face and answer any questions you have. Tell you all about the program. And you know, if it's the right thing, then then we'll sign you up. So, uh, so yeah, if you want to be a part of it, if you want to work with me this year, um, definitely go book your call. And I'm really, really excited to to meet all of you and work with you in the Inspired Love Program. And a lot of what I'm going to talk about today, when we talk about the true path to love is really a lot of, I'm gonna pull from what we'll be doing in the program and pull from a lot of what we'll be learning in the program. So maybe today you can get a feel for that to some degree. Um, I wanted to start with this. So my wife and I, we, we literally, we sat at dinner last night for two hours. It was, like, it was like nine o'clock and we're like, oh my God, we've just been sitting here talking for two hours. But you know, my wife and I, we get into these like intense conversations about relationships. And just, you know, what we see people doing, what our clients are doing. And, and, you know, we just, we go down the rabbit hole with this stuff. And I I said to my wife last night, I'm like, one of these days, we just got to record this conversation and put it on the podcast because I wish I could just capture what we talked about last night, but that's what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to bring a lot of that, uh, today, what we talked about. So to start you know, when, when we talk about the true path to love distinct from maybe the path that a lot of people are walking, you know, a lot of people are walking the path to what they think is love, but they're not actually looking for love. And some of you might relate to this. You know, I actually put up a video about this recently is like a lot of times when we think we're on the path to love, we're not really looking for love, but we're actually looking for validation. And this shows up a little bit differently for uh, for different people, but a lot of times when we when we think we're looking for love, what we're really looking for is somebody who will come into our lives and make us feel like we're enough, make us feel like we're good enough, make us feel like we're lovable, make us feel like we're valuable, make us feel like we're worthy, make us feel like, us feel like we matter. And I think the greatest fear for all of us, and I think this is universal, men, women, it doesn't matter, but I think the greatest fear for all of us is just simply that we don't matter, that our life is gonna come and go, and it will have not really meant anything, and that we'll be forgotten, and that, and that we wouldn't have had a, a meaningful relationship or meaningful relationships, or that we wouldn't have done anything meaningful, or that, that our life won't really mean anything. And I, I think that is, that is all of our greatest fear. And that fear, because it's so potent for every single human being, because it's so real for every single human being, and, and we all just we all just want to know that that's not going to be true or that's not the truth about our life or about who we are. And being in relationship with another person is one of the most direct ways to have your life matter, to have you be important, right? When somebody loves you, when you mean something to someone else, when when somebody else and and you and you build your life together, that that is so meaningful. And I think so many of us are just looking for our life to mean something, are looking for the feeling of worthiness, are looking for the feeling of mattering to someone. And we confuse that, that desire for that feeling of worth and value and mattering as needing to be in a relationship with someone. We, in our minds psychologically, we equate those two. And then for a lot of us, it becomes like the only way I can matter is if somebody is in love with me or if I'm wanted by someone in that way. And I've often spoken about this, that, you know, because, and this is all cultural, this isn't, this isn't the root of how men are or how women are. This is all cultural programming, but men often seek for that validation through sex. And women often seek for that validation through commitment. And and again, I want to be clear about this. I'm not saying this is how men are or how women are, but this is how we've been culturally programmed. And so men from a very young age are taught to be a man You've got to have a lot of women who want you and you've got to be able to, to, you know, sleep around and be desired by lots of women. And so men, and it's completely inauthentic because I promise you no five-year-old boy has any kind of desire to conquest as many women as he can. That's not, that's not anything that any five-year-old boy has any kind of desire about, you know, and for the most part, I mean, Five-year-old girls might have that dream about getting married because they've seen it in the movies or they read it in the storybook or whatever, but you know, young girls don't really feel that way either about, about like needing that commitment. But this is something that gets impressed on us throughout our lives, and by the time we reach adulthood, a lot of men are out there going, okay, if I can get women to wanna have sex with me, that means I matter. And a lot of women are out there going, if I can get someone to commit to me, That means I matter. And of course, there are are men who feel that that way about commitment, and there are women who feel that way about sex. So I don't wanna make it a a rule, but I'm talking about generalities here. And what I wanna say is sex is not love, and commitment is not love. Those are things that can be expressed within a loving relationship, right? Within a loving relationship, sex is expressed. Commitment is expressed. Those can be symbols of love, but those things themselves are not love. And so many of us, like I know a lot of men and actually, um, I want to put this in here because I have a podcast coming out. It might be next week or the following week, but I'm talking to my friend, Michael, who is a men's coach. And we talk about why men commit and why they don't. And, and we did a whole podcast episode on it. And um, so I just want to put that in there because that's going to be coming in the next couple of weeks. So keep an eye out for it. It's going to be a great conversation to listen to. But you, you know what we talked about in this in this episode we recorded is that all men, all men at their core have this deep desire for love, for connection, for intimacy. Now, I'm not saying all men want a committed relationship because they might just not be in a place where that's what they desire. But all men have that core desire, that core need to be loved, to be appreciated, to be fulfilled. We all want that intimate connection. We all want that that y- 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 we all want that, right? I'll just say that. We all want that. And, and I know all women want that too, because all humans want that. And all the, you know, if you're somewhere on the line of man or woman, like it counts for you too, right? It's not about gender. It's not a gender thing. It is a, it, it is a human thing. It is a human thing to want that love, that intimacy, that connection, that being intimately involved with another person's life or with other people's lives. It's, it's something that we all crave on such a deep level. And because of our history, because of our trauma as children, um, and, and some of you might not feel like you experienced big traumas. And some of you know you experienced big traumas. But we've all experienced trauma, whether that's big or small. But we've all, we've all received the idea from life that, that it's not safe to be myself and it's not safe to love. That if I love open heartedly, I'm going to be hurt. That if I express myself authentically, I'm going to be rejected. And what's underneath that, if you know, if you really think about like the, this fear of being myself or this fear of loving, underneath that is a deep feeling of unworthiness, of not mattering, which if you go back to where I started, that touches on our deepest fear, right? this this feeling of unworthiness. So we all, I want to tie, I know I've talked about a lot of things so far, so I want to kind of tie it all together. Our deepest fear is that we will not matter or not, or that we are not worthy or that our life will have meant nothing. And we all, we all, because of our trauma, And because of the pain we've experienced and because of the rejection we've experienced, or like when I was 16 years old, you know, I fell in love for the first time and the girl I fell in love with cheated on me with a mutual friend of ours and then blindsided me and broke up with me. And then two weeks later I find out she's with him. And, And like, these are the kinds of traumas, Like you know, most people, most adults would say like, oh, that's just a 16 year old relationship. That doesn't matter. Well, you know what? It matters. When at 16 years old, you're developing your identity, you're developing who you believe you are that you will carry into adulthood. And then something like that happens, which we've all had those experiences and something like that happens. And then what it does is it causes us to doubt our, our value at a very core level. It causes us to doubt our worthiness at a very core level. And so we go into our adult lives fearing that we don't even matter, that we're not worthy. And so then what we do subconsciously, right, we have this deep human desire to be loved, to be valued, to matter, to be important. Alongside of this deep fear that I don't matter and I'm not worthy and I won't be important. And so what we do psychologically is we assume that the loving and mattering on a deep level cannot be found directly. Like if I go out in the world and say, I'm looking for love and I'm inviting love into my life and I go out on a date and I say, like, I just want you to know, like I'm looking for the real deal here. And I just want to put that out up front. Like if I'm that authentic, if I'm that vulnerable, that I cannot achieve it that way. Because when I was a little kid, and I tried to be myself and be vulnerable and and express my needs authentically, I was ignored, I was shut down, I was told to go to my room, I was told that children are meant to be seen and not heard, right? And then when I was a teenager and I tried to do it, I got cheated on, I got humiliated, I got made fun of, I got rejected, I got whatever your version of that story is. And so throughout our lives, when we've tried to do that, We've, we've learned and we've been trained to believe that love cannot be achieved that way. That that only leads to betrayal, let down, disappointment, rejection, and on and on and on. We've been conditioned and trained to believe that that's what happens when we try to love authentically. And so going back to what I was saying about how men are often seeking for validation through sex and women are often seeking through validation through commitment. What we, what we do psychologically is we is we believe that love will not work. And so we, we think instead that if I'm going to matter to someone or if I'm going to be worthy or if I'm going to be loved, the only way to do that is through some kind of manipulative or manipulative is a part of it, but that's not always even the best word, but it's through some kind of charade through some kind of game, through some kind of strategy. And so what we do, and and this is is what I was getting to when I was talking uh, about the conversation I had with Michael is that, You know, men will often settle for sex even when it's not what they want. Because on a subconscious level, they believe it's the best they can get. And again, that doesn't just go for men. Women will do that too sometimes. But it's very common with men. And women will often settle for a commitment or what looks like a commitment or what might feel like a commitment or what or what they hope might become a commitment even if it's not what they really want and again the reason is is because subconsciously we believe it's the best we can get it's the best we can hope for and that is not the true path to love so let me just let me just start with that. The conversation for today is what is the true path to love? All right, well, I've just outlined what is not the true path to love. The idea that love is going to come through some kind of act, some kind of game, some kind of charade, some kind of manipulative tactic. And the idea that I could somehow play this game well enough that it would one day turn into love. Even if it's not love in the beginning, that it would someday turn into love. And that will never work. And so I see somebody just commented, okay, so what is the true path to love, right? You're telling us what it's not. What is it? Well, so I would return that question with a question. If you weren't doing any of that, if you weren't relying on any kind of strategy or any kind of charade or any kind of game or tool or manipulation, if you weren't relying on any kind of thing like that and hoping for it to turn into love one day, how would you be approaching all of this? How would you be approaching this whole area of your love life? How would you be showing up to it? And I definitely have some ideas about that. But before I I dive into them, I, I I just want everyone to think about that for a moment. Because that would foundationally restructure everything. You know, when you're on a date with someone and most people on a date are thinking, what do I have to do or say to get this person to like me? And sometimes we're framing it as, what do I have to do or say to get this person to have sex with me? Other times we're framing it as, what do I have to do or say to get this person to want to connect with me, to get this person to want to see me again? But in either way, you know, whether you're trying to get them to have sex with you or whether you're trying to get them to like you, you're, you're off track either way. You're missing the point either way. Because the point is, it doesn't matter if they want to have sex with you or if they like you or if they want to see you again. And in fact, if that were, if that were the case that they didn't want that with you, that they didn't see you in that way, it would be better to get that out of the way at the beginning and, and, and just face up to the reality of the situation, what it really is. It would be better to deal with that up front. And and the reason we don't want to deal with that up front is because it touches that wound. You know, when, if if it's sex you're aiming for, and again, this is common for men, but it could be for a woman also, If it's sex you're aiming for, and they don't want to have sex with you, it touches on that wound of, I don't even matter. I'm not even worthy. I'm not even wanted. I'm not even desirable. If it's like, if it's being liked or being validated that you're after, being wanted, being desired that you're after, and that person doesn't feel that way, it touches that wound. I don't matter. I'm not worthy. And because because that is our deepest fear, and because we are on a level that most of us are not even consciously aware of, terrified that life is going to tell us that that is the reality about ourselves. That no matter what we try, at the end of the day, life is going to show us that, nope, you really don't matter. You're really not worthy. It wouldn't even matter if you didn't exist at all. And and on a level we're not even fully aware of, we are all terrified that that is the truth about us. And because of that, because of that, anytime we feel that life is going to activate that wound, we hide from it. We run from it. We avoid it. And this is how and why we end up in situations that we don't want to be in. Because to walk away from the situation or to let it go we would have to confront that wound of feeling like I don't matter. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I'm not wanted. I'm not desired. I'm not sexy. I'm not attractive. I'm not fill in the blank with your own version of this, but it would force us to confront that wound. And so when we talk about the true path to love, it begins with the willingness to confront that wound. The true path to love begins with the willingness to face that within yourself, to to own the fear. Like, you see, most people, even though that's there, and, and I promise that is there for everybody, every single one of us want to matter. Every single one of us want to be important. Every single one of us want to be worthy. And, and we are inherently. Like, I don't want to make it sound like you're not and you have to become worthy. We are inherently. But we're afraid that we're not. And most of us don't own that fear. Most of us don't show up to life like, yeah, I, I, I'm, I fear that I'm not worthy. But at the same time, I know that I am. And I'm going to go out there and I'm going to express my worthiness in the world. Most of us don't approach it that way. What we do instead is we say, I'm afraid that I'm not worthy, but I'm going to bury that so far in the back of my consciousness that I'm never even present to that fear. And instead I'm going to cover it up with this mask of how worthy I am, but it's all fake. It's not coming from true worth, it's coming from a running from something inside of yourself. Right, I'm running from something inside of myself. And, and it's a mask, it's a cover-up. And, and it, going back to what I said earlier, we think this mask is going to somehow equate love down the road, is somehow equate worthiness down the road but all it does is reinforce the fear. All it does is reinforce the belief in our unworthiness. So first thing to do is to own the fear. Own the fear, like everybody who, who hears this right now, if you hear it on the podcast, if you're joining me live today, wherever you hear this message, I want you to just have, have enough courage to own that fear. I'm afraid that I'm not worthy. I'm afraid that I don't matter. I'm afraid that I'll never mean anything to anyone, that my life will amount to nothing. And and see if you can, see if you can live your life holding that fear rather than that fear holding you. I'm going to say that again. See if you can live your life holding that fear rather than that fear holding you. And that'll be the first step to getting on the true path to love. The next step. So that's the first step. The next step is to engage fully in life as though you were worthy. Now, This is very, very different from what I spoke about earlier of how I hide this fear in the back of my consciousness and then I pretend it doesn't even exist and then I cover it up with a mask and I go out in the world and pretend I'm worthy, okay? This is very different. Being present to that fear gives us a a kind of humility. You see, when when we're repressing that fear, And operating over it, we show up with a a certain kind of grandiosity, a certain kind of like, I'm gonna call it like specialness. Like, look how special I am. But when you own that fear, you show up with humility. And you know in the grandiose approach when we're showing up with this grandiosity about us there's a there's a tendency to think that everybody should want me and if they don't there's something wrong and i just want you to think about that for a moment like and, and it's okay like i did this as a single person and it's not wrong but it is something to wake up to and i know a lot of you are going to relate to this when i say it like how many of us show up in the dating world or in relationships thinking that everybody should like me. And if they don't, that means there's something wrong with me. And then, so we go out and it's like, I want them to like me. I want them to like me. And then they don't. And then I beat myself up for it. You see, this is the backlash of doing the game this way. This is how it backfires on you. I want them to like me. I want them to like me. They don't oh my God, what's wrong with me? Why, why do I suck so much? Why aren't I more sexy or attractive? Or why aren't I more lovable? Or why, why don't I have a better personality? Or, or whatever, whatever you say to yourself. But I want you to just think for a moment, how fucking arrogant is that? And, and I know you don't think it's arrogant. I get that. None of us do think it's arrogant. But just look at it for a moment. How arrogant is it? to think that everybody should want you and to beat yourself up when they don't. I mean, there there are over 8 billion people in the world. Like, some of them are not going to want you. A lot of them are not going to want you. A lot of them didn't want me. A lot of them didn't want my wife. That's okay. We just wanted each other. That's all we needed. And when you're willing to own that fear that I was talking about, that that feeling of, you know, maybe I'm not worthy, right? That that doubt, that, that self-doubt, that fear. When you're willing to own that, something that comes with that is a genuine humility. And what you start to grow into is that when you show up to the dating world or you show up to possibility for love or, or whatever you want to call it, there's a recognition that they may like me and they may not. And either way, it's okay. Either way, it's fine. And, and like, there's a paradox here. But what begins to emerge when you hold that fear, remember I said earlier, I said, imagine holding that fear rather than having that fear hold you. And when you hold that fear, what begins to emerge is how worthy am I that I could hold this fear right now? I want you to think about that, right? When the fear is holding you, it seems like the truth. Excuse me. I'm never going to matter to anyone. I'm not important. My life doesn't matter. I'm going to live and die and it's not going to mean anything. When that fear is holding you, it feels like the truth. But when you hold that fear, when you own it and you say, okay, I got this. This is a part of me. I'm living with it. I'm not hiding from it. When it comes up, I'm acknowledging it. I'm not avoiding it. What you begin to grow into is how worthy am I that I could hold this fear? It's interesting, it's a paradox. By suppressing the fear, it runs my life. But by facing the fear and holding it, I start to acknowledge myself as someone who is even worthy enough to do that. And then from that place, you start to feel that humility. You start to not need this person to like you or that person to like you or want to have sex with you or want to call you all the time or, or whatever, you start to not need that so much. And I'm not saying you won't feel it sometimes or it'll disappear or vanish altogether. It'll be there, but it's not there in the same way. It's not so intense. It's not so painful. And what starts to happen is you start to just develop a, a really strong confidence in who you are and life isn't about getting validation anymore. Life starts to become about love. And I was listening to, uh, I've mentioned on here a few times, uh, Abraham Hicks. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan. They they have some great things to share. And I was listening to an Abraham Hicks talk this morning. And what she was saying is, uh, she was saying that human beings think that to be in love, we need someone to be in love with. And... Again, I just want to say this goes back to what I was saying about the worthiness and the fear that we don't matter. Because what what if if we were to just walk around being in love and not having that being necessarily reciprocated by a person all the time, but if we were to just be in love, a lot of us are too ashamed to do that. And shame is the shame is the emotional experience of not being worthy. And most of us are too ashamed to just go be in love. We say, how would I look? What would people think of me? What do I have to be so happy about? What do I I mean there's there's so many layers here, but it's it stems from shame. And this idea that I can only be in love if somebody loves me. If that love is being obviously reciprocated by a person who I want in the same way and and, and what she was saying is you can be in love with a past relationship and not Not like you want that person back, but like there were some qualities in that relationship that I really loved, that really lit me up. And maybe everything about the relationship wasn't great. Maybe we weren't an ideal match for each other. But there were some qualities about that relationship that are really representative of what I want in my ultimate partnership. And the fact that I experienced those qualities already in my life is proof that they're possible. And she said this too. She said, you can take a little bit from this relationship and a little from that relationship and a little bit from a relationship you saw in a movie and a little bit from a relationship that maybe your friend has. And you can take all these things and put them together and you can be in love with that. And you can be in love with the vision." Of the relationship that you're creating and you see most of us are too ashamed to do that but what we don't see is that all of those experiences are proof that it can happen for us all of those experiences are literally the universe saying here's all the proof it's real it's possible it can happen you can have it and maybe it hasn't shown up in the way you necessarily want it yet Or maybe you haven't learned everything you need to learn along the way yet. And maybe there's a little bit of a journey that you need to go on. But it's proof. You've already seen it. You've already had it. You've already experienced it. You're looking at your best friend living it right now. And that is proof for you. And if you weren't running from your fear of being unworthy... And always trying to overcompensate for that. You could allow yourself to be in love with that, with all of those things. And the true path to love, if I'm going to put it simply, is to be in love. That's it. And this is not a new idea. I mean, those of you who listen to me, I I feel like a broken record when I say this. But all you gotta do is love relentlessly, consistently, unapologetically with everyone you meet in every area of your life. Just fill your life up and your personal vibration up with so much love that it's overflowing, that, that it, like it's literally pouring out of your cells And it will be returned to you in every way you can imagine. It'll be returned to you in financial abundance. It'll be returned to you in work that you're passionate about. It'll be returned to you in friendships that you feel supported and connected and thriving. And it'll be returned to you if that's what you want in a romantic partnership with somebody that you truly respect and somebody you truly appreciate. And and that's reciprocated. And you know, maybe, especially if you're somebody who is very focused on a relationship, well, that might be the last way that it shows up for you. And I know that that sounds tough, right? It's like, why does it have to be the last way? Well, the reason it's going to be the last way is because you've put it up on such a pedestal and it seems so far away that you're going to have to experience it in these other forms first and, and and experiencing it in these other forms is going to get you to a place where you can actually believe that it can happen in that way. So for those of you who are highly, highly focused and it, it occupies a lot of your time and a lot of your feeling and a lot of your thoughts and, and it's, you know, there's a lot of fear around it a lot of anxiety around it like if that's you that's okay it's very normal it's very normal a lot of people feel that way but just know that if that's you then it might not be the first way it shows up for you you might need to start expressing and experiencing it in these other ways first because i remember um a coach of mine his name's matt kama uh, some of you may follow him. He's a relationship coach. Great guy. Uh, but he's also a business coach. And he was one of the people who helped me grow my business. And I remember um, I was working with him when he made his first million dollars. And he he made a video and he was sharing uh, with everybody about making his first million dollars. And he said that his girlfriend or wife or no, they're not married. Girlfriend. Um, she She asked him, she said, How, you know, how does it feel having made your first million dollars? And he said, it feels normal. It feels like just another day. And and he said, this is what he said about that is he said, that is so important. Because when we have this thing up on a pedestal, that it feels like an impossibility, we can't really invite it into our lives. We can't. And so, before he could make that million dollars, he had to get to a place where receiving love and money, and and I don't know all the details of his journey, but I know the journey for all of us, and I know what it's like, is that before we can get to that place where we can have that thing we have up on the pedestal, we have to learn to receive it in other ways. We have to start to feel safe in our body receiving love in all its different forms. And that way, when we step into it, when we step into that million dollars or when we step into that relationship, it doesn't feel like, oh my God, I finally found the thing I've always been looking for. It doesn't feel that way. It feels like, oh, this is the perfect next natural step. It's like all I'm doing is I'm just putting one foot in front of the other and I just, boom, step right into it. And that comes, what do I want to say here? That comes from living holding the fear that it might not happen, holding the fear that maybe I'm not worthy, maybe it won't happen for me, holding that in my heart and the most sensitive parts of myself and, and loving myself through that. And then at the same time that I'm holding that fear, I'm also developing the courage to be myself authentically. To be myself completely. So when I go out on a date, I'm not sitting there going, what do I have to do to get them to want me? What do I need to say? How do I need to be? I'm not putting on any kind of air of, Oh, you're so funny. Or, Oh, I like you so much because I think that's how I need to be. I'm just being me. If I want to share something, I share it. If I want to make a joke, I make it. If I want to ask a question, I ask it. It's not like, Oh, I I shouldn't ask that. That might put them off or, or, Oh, I I don't want to tell them that, you know, I'm looking for a long-term relationship because that's a lot of pressure. Like, Oh, and, and all this, all this stuff we put in the way. Because what starts to happen when we have the courage to confront our fear of not being worthy, well, let me say, the first thing that happens is you're probably rejected. And I want everybody to be aware of that. And I know it's kind of cruel, right? I wish wish the universe was a little bit easier in this respect, but it's not. When you first start developing that courage, you're going to be rejected. Why? Because the universe doesn't want you to only be strong when you're being validated. The universe wants you to be strong, period. The universe doesn't want you to only be yourself in a safe environment where everybody's gonna love it. The universe wants you to be yourself fully, completely, all the time in every environment. And that's why when you first start, you're going to be rejected. Now, I don't want to say that's an absolute truth, but I want to say that's the common experience for most people. Because the lesson you need in that place to fully embody your worthiness is to be able to be yourself, not have it be received, and value yourself more than the approval or validation of that other person. And so you might be rejected. You might be rejected a few times. You might have some challenges that come up and some uncomfortable experiences and on and on and on. Like you you may go through some of those things. And, you know, I know a lot of you feel this way and I felt this way too, is like, I want it so badly and I'm so genuine and I'm trying so hard. Like, why won't it just happen for me? And the answer to that question is because it's not the next natural step yet. You still have it up on that pedestal. And you're not wrong for having it up on that pedestal. That's a part of the process. But when you when you sit around and lament and bemoan how it's not happening and the negative experiences you're having and you're being rejected and you're not getting what you want, rather than surrendering to the process, it never comes down off the pedestal. It just stays there. But when you start putting one foot in front of the other, and when the most important thing becomes you embodying your worth and your value, and your love and being in love all the time as much as you can and that is more important than anybody liking you, anybody wanting to have sex with you, anybody validating you, anybody calling you It's like building a muscle. And and what starts to happen is you hit like a turning point. And I think I think most people who have gone on this journey will confirm what I'm saying right now, is there is a very distinct turning point where all of the fear and the weight just kind of falls off. And it's like, I'm just being me and I'm having a fucking blast doing it. And you've got to build that muscle first. Like it's like, you know, here, here's a good analogy. If you imagine you go to the gym and maybe there's a, a weight, like say it's a hundred pound weight and you can't lift it, right? Well, you've got you've to go lift smaller weights to build up your strength until you can pick up that big one. But you suddenly one day hit a turning point where you pick up that hundred pound weight and it's like, I can lift it now. It's kind of like that. It's like you you go through all of these uncomfortable experiences and you have to face your fear. Like, Like the things that you're afraid to experience, you've got to face those things. And once you face them and get rejected and face them again and get rejected and face them again and get rejected, and you just like, I'm just going to keep being me. I'm just going to keep being myself. And you hit this turning point where it just falls off. And it's like, man, like, I am in love with me. I am in love with who I am. Like, I get up in the morning and I love being me. And I love the life I'm living. And I love the people who are around me. And I love the things I'm doing. And consistently walking that path. Is the true path to love. And so there are really two stages here. There's the stage before the turning point and there's the stage after the turning point. And most people that I coach or, or that are really struggling in this area just haven't reached the turning point yet. That's all it is. And and I want to say, rather than working towards the turning point, what a lot of people do is they just get angry and sad and bitter about things not going the way they want it to. And that that makes it so you'll never reach the turning point. That makes it so the same kinds of experiences just keep showing up over and over and over again. And so before the turning point, you've got to really do some work. You've got to practice your vulnerability. You've got to practice your courage. You've got to practice your authenticity. You've got to feel those uncomfortable feelings and and not define yourself by them. And then after the turning point, you get to a place where you're not held back by those fears anymore and, and you just flow. You just flow. And I'm not going to say that the moment you reach that turning point, love is going to show up for you. You know, you might, it might be relevant and necessary for you to, to spend some time enjoying your single life and and not being bogged down by the need to be in a relationship. But what's important is is to know and to become more firmly grounded over time that the more love I embody, the more love comes into my life. And if it's not showing up in this instant, like the person of your dreams showing up in front of you and you riding off into the sunset together, then look for how it is showing up. You know what a friend called me today and we were able to have a really great conversation and we were able to support each other and, and and you know what in that conversation i was in love you know what i watched a really great movie today and you know the movie was just so sweet and and it just made me feel so good and and you know when i was watching that movie i was in love and you know i heard a song on the radio today and the song just hit me just right and Ah, you know, I was just while I was listening to that song, I was in love, and I got a promotion at work, and and you know, like that was that was a form of love coming to me. That was a form of recognition and appreciation. And you know, if it's not showing up in the specific way you want it right now, then look for how it is showing up, and let that be proof that you're on the right track. And keep walking that path. That's the true path to love. You don't need a game. You don't need a strategy. You don't need the three magic words that trigger something in his brain to make him think of you and only you. It's all bullshit. What you need is, is a heart that is so full of love that when that person meets you, all they want to do is be around you more. All they want to do is experience that loving heart that you have. And you know, yeah, there are a lot of shallow people out there that don't resonate with that. And in your journey dating and being on the apps and stuff, you're probably going to meet those people, but they're not who you're looking for anyway. So let it be okay when you don't vibe with them. Don't make it mean that something is wrong. Just make it another opportunity to be in love with yourself. And even that, wow, I went out on a date with this guy and he was so shallow and so self-absorbed and so whatever. And wow, like how great that I could go out and meet someone like that and observe that and know myself within that experience and recognize that that's not the kind of person I want to be with. And what an amazing opportunity that is for me to love myself. And you can walk away from that awful date feeling amazing about it because it wasn't about them anymore. It wasn't about getting them to want you or like you or if they're going to call you. It was about you practicing being in love with yourself. And if you did that, if you were able to successfully do that or if you were able to even touch into that a little bit, then it was a great date and you got what you needed from it. And let that be the sign that you're walking the path to love, rather than the fact that somebody you don't even want to be in a relationship with wants to see you again. I mean, just think about how crazy that is. Most of the time we're upset that people aren't calling us or wanting us or wanting to see us. And if we were really honest and we really took a good hard look at that person, we don't even want to be with them anyway but yet we want them to be with us because we're so afraid to experience any trigger touching that feeling of unworthiness inside us. So unbury that. Bring it from the background to the foreground. Confront your own fear of unworthiness. Confront your own fear of being alone. Be spacious enough to live with that inside of you, rather than having to hide it away, rather than having to pretend it's not there. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to end with that uh, for the moment. I'm going to take some questions. Let me just scroll through here and see. Uh, okay, so this question is from Van Henten Jolanda. <laughs> great name. Uh, Okay. I have an inner child wound. I'm in therapy now. I met a nice man, but he also has a childhood wound. He is very honest with it. So we need some time. Can I give it a chance? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, this is actually, this is actually a great thing that you're bringing up here. And I, I love this question because our egos are adverse to human frailty. And the reason is, is because we're afraid of our own frailties. We're afraid of our own inadequacies. And so because because we struggle to accept the parts of ourself that we feel are inadequate or unworthy, we are also unable and unwilling to accept that from someone else. And so what happens is when we're dating, we expect people to show up as perfect. And when they don't, when they have a wound or when, you know, whatever else it might be, we we think that, oh, this can't work out. Oh, they have a wound, I have a wound. How, how can we work? Like, I want everyone to hear this. Everybody has wounds. And by the way, everybody should be in therapy. Okay. I'm just throwing that out there. Like there's, there's not a single person on this planet that doesn't have a lot of work to do on themselves. Okay. So if you're in therapy working on your inner child wounds, awesome. If someone else, someone you're dating is in therapy working on their inner child wounds, amazing. And let me tell you, that is not a red flag. That is a huge green flag. You see, this whole thing where we go out and I put on a whole mask like I'm perfect and you put on a whole mask like you're perfect and we meet each other behind these fake masks and we try to play this game of like, look at how awesome I am with each other. That's a fucking red flag, okay? When, when I, not in the beginning, because in the beginning when I was dating, I was attracted to that like we all are. But as I became more conscious of, When I would see somebody show up like that, I lost interest immediately. I'm like, you are not deep enough for me to even want to see you again. I'm like, let's talk about, let's not talk about how great we are and all the things we've done and and how cool we are. Like, let's talk about some real stuff. Let's talk about how we grew up. Let's talk about our challenges. Let's talk about our spirituality. Let's talk about our fears. And you see, when I was dating, I was looking for someone who could go there. First night, I hung out with my wife one-on-one. We'd, we'd hung out in social gatherings before, but first time I hung out with her one-on-one, we sat up till 2 a.m. talking about all this stuff. And that was the moment when we both decided that, hey, there's something here we should explore. It, And I want to say also, And I don't really have time to go into this in detail right now, but that doesn't mean that we were head over heels in love with each other, but that means we had an authentic connection. We saw that we vibed on a level. We saw that we were on a similar level of consciousness that we could relate on that level. And we thought because of that, that there was something worth exploring here. So to answer the question, absolutely, absolutely, if you you meet someone, you know, this is the thing, it's like I have a wound and he has a wound also, so maybe we can't work out. Everybody has a wound. Everybody has wounds. The only difference is that the two of you have the ability to be honest about it with each other. And that's a big deal. Sounds like a great start to a relationship. Now I want to be clear. That doesn't mean he's the one. That doesn't mean this relationship is going to work out. That doesn't mean you're off the hook of doing your work in the relationship to be discerning, to really find out if this is somebody that you want to be with long term, to really find out if this is someone who has the character and the values that you're looking for. I mean, I'm not saying or suggesting that that's what this is, but just for larger awareness, a lot of people who are very manipulative use things like, oh, I have an inner child wound or I think we're soulmates or we had a past life together as a way to get you hooked. And again, I don't want you to be afraid of that because I I trust that you're intelligent enough to know the difference. But, But my point is that just because you're having vulnerable conversations together, that doesn't mean that your work is done. Right, you've still gotta you've still gotta be discerning about the kind of person you wanna meet, about the character of that person, about the kinds of things they would do and say and how they would show up to the relationship. And you've really got to be honest about if this person is showing up that way. And in the areas where they're not showing up that way, you've gotta talk about it and see how those conversations go and see if this is somebody that you can work through differences of opinion or perspective or desires in a way that is healthy and supportive and loving. Right? So these are, my point is, is that there's still work to do here, but that's a great start. So I'll leave it at that. And thank you for the question. I'm I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up because it's, it's so important. So, Yamini Aurora says, I want to ask, how to identify who is shallow and whose heart is full of love? Excellent question. I'm just taking a moment to to kind of think about how I want to address this. This is actually, I shared earlier, my wife and I were having a a deep conversation last night. This is one of the things we're actually talking about because, you know, it's funny, like when, when I met my wife, and, uh, like if, if you were to, if you were to look at us on paper, we weren't necessarily a good match. We weren't, um, we weren't like, you know, like on, we always say on dating apps, we would have filtered each other out because the superficial qualities that we thought we were looking for, we didn't have, you know, we had a, an, an eight year age difference. Uh, we were the same height, you know. I usually dated women that were a little bit shorter than me. She dated men who were a little bit taller. Um, you know, we weren't each other's quote type necessarily. Now, I want to be clear. That doesn't mean we weren't attracted to each other. We had we actually had incredible physical attraction, but we weren't each other's type in a in a stereotypical kind of way. And that's important because a lot of time. A lot of the times when we're looking for love, it's not going to show up the way we think it should. It's not going to look the way we think it's supposed to in our minds. And so a lot of us put these lists together of, I want someone who looks like this. I want someone who says this and does this and and you know, all of that stuff. Uh, but that's not really, that's not how love works. Because the person who shows up for you might be somebody that you connect with on a heart level and they don't necessarily look the way you thought they would. And how do you, so going back to the question, how do you know if somebody is shallow or if somebody's heart is full of love? You know by what you experience with them. You know by, I mean, uh, some obvious things would be like, what is the effort they make in the relationship? You know, are they they showing up consistently? Are they making the effort? Are they interested in getting to know you? Are they asking you questions about yourself? Are they being kind and considerate and thoughtful? I I mean, it's it's actually not that hard to know whose heart is full of love. But, what I'll say is, you know, most people, it's probably pretty rare for them to experience someone like that. And, and sometimes what happens is they think they've experienced someone like that, but then it turns out it was all an act or all a game. So, you know, the, the signs are, are the obvious things. I mean, they're kind, they're considerate, they're respectful they treat you they treat you like a human being you know what what a lot of people do is we we relate with other people based on if we think we can get what we want from them so when we go out on a date it's like basically okay i'm looking for something maybe i'm looking for sex maybe i'm looking for commitment but whatever whatever i'm looking for I'm assessing this person to see if I think I can get what I want from them. Are they attractive enough for me? Are they, you know, do they have the right kind of job? Or do I think I can, you know, get them to like me or get them to want to hook up with me? And and basically, this person is only useful to me to the degree that I think I can get what I want from them. And that is not love that is not having a heart full of love. Okay. That is just manipulation. So somebody who has a heart full of love shows up to a date and their only real interest is having a genuine connection with the human being who is across the table for them. Now, if that person isn't available for that kind of connection, Then that person whose heart is full of love would say, okay, I get it. They're not really available for that kind of connection. It's okay. They are where they are. I am where I am, not what I'm looking for, but you know, wish them the best. Or if that person is not somebody that, you know, they're like, well, I don't necessarily think I could have a relationship long-term with this person, I don't really feel like I vibe with them or I connect with them in a deep way. I don't feel like we have similar values or we want the same things, you know, like they might acknowledge those things, but they're not writing that person off. And and I mean, they might, they might write them off for a relationship. They might say, look, I just don't have the connection I'm looking for. I wish you the best, but they don't write that person off as a human being. And this is, this is so, so important. And and what I want to say is like, focus less on finding that person and focus more on being that person. Because when you are that person, it's going to, it's going to be reflected back to you at some point. But it's like, if I, if I show up on a date and I get it pretty early on in the date that you're not the kind of person I'm looking for, that we don't have a lot in common, that we don't vibe with each other, that we don't share the same values. I'm not gonna write you off as a human being. I'm not gonna be like, oh my God, I'm so bored. Can I just get out of here looking at my watch? Like, when is it gonna be over? Like, yeah, uh uh-huh, that's nice, okay, yeah. Like, I'm not gonna be like that with you. I'm gonna give you the respect and honor that another human being deserves from everyone. I'm gonna appreciate the time that we have together, even if it's one dinner, even if it's one cup of coffee, I'm going to honor that. Why? Because that's what love does. And I'm not just here to see what I can get from you. I'm here to be in love. Even if I'm not here to necessarily be in a relationship with you long term. And so, somebody whose heart is full of love is somebody who shows up like that. Somebody who puts love... Ahead of what they can get Somebody who when they can't see you They are aware That you know their inability to see you might be a disappointment And they're compassionate about that and they're intentional about I do I would like to see you when can I see you? You know, I remember My wife, this was one of the things that actually was a big convincing point for my wife to be with me is that her last boyfriend before me had, uh, he, uh, he lived about an hour away from her and he wouldn't come to see her because his car was on a lease and he didn't want to put the miles on his car. Now, she met me in South Florida. I wasn't an hour away. I was like 19 hours away or something like that. It was a three-hour plane ride for me to go visit her. Within two weeks of dating, or, or no, I, th- I think it was, it was, it was actually it was three weeks. Within three weeks of talking to each other, I booked a ticket to go visit her. And in her mind, she didn't tell me this till much later, but in her mind, she's going like the last guy I was dating wouldn't even drive an hour to come see me. And now this person is booking a ticket and getting on a plane to come see me. That means something. See, that is symbolic of somebody whose heart is full of love. Why? Because I wasn't fucking around. I wasn't wasting time. I wasn't full of shit. Like I was like, I want to see you and I mean it, and I'm gonna do everything I can to see you and spend time with you. So you know I, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's that difficult to recognize who is full of love and who is not, but you've you've kind of got to build that muscle within yourself before it starts to become clear. I think that's the thing it is. So I I hope I've given a clear answer to that question. I want to be able to take a couple more questions, so I'm going to move on. But thank you for the question and sending love. Um, Okay, here's a great one. Uh, Can you talk about the fear of ending a relationship before it has even started? Like, I fear I can be abandoned in the middle of the road. Yes, I love this question. I'm definitely going to speak about this. So I want to go back to what I've been talking about today of how you know, we we have this, like our deepest fear is that we don't matter, that we're not worthy, that our life is not going to mean anything. And this fear that you're talking about here, this fear of ending a relationship before it even started, like, I fear I'm going to be abandoned in the middle of the road. That is that unworthiness, right? That Like that, that is like, if you think about, if you, if you play that thought out a little bit, Why do I fear I would be abandoned in the middle of the road? Like, why is that so pressing for me? Well, it's because I don't feel like I deserve love. I I still feel like it's kind of up on that pedestal. And maybe it's not all the way up on the pedestal. Maybe it's just halfway up on the pedestal. But to some degree, that's still operating there. And so, the. The thing to do is, is to own that fear and even, even recognize like, okay, this isn't, this fear really isn't about this relationship or about this person, but this is just my own worthiness stuff. This is just my own doubt that I am going to be enough for someone. And there's nothing you can do to make that go away. It's some of you may have heard the saying that the only way out is through. Right, You can't just make that fear go away. You've got to hold that fear. Like I said, hold that fear rather than having it hold you. So you've got to hold that fear. And you've got to be willing to confront it and experience it when and how it shows up Like, you're afraid you're gonna be abandoned in the middle of the road. You might be. You might be. And you can't, you can't try to like hide from that. Like, you know, the, the true path to love is not by avoiding every uncomfortable experience on the way. It's by going through every uncomfortable experience on the way. So the truth is, you might be abandoned in the middle of the road by someone at some point. It might happen more than once, but rather than seeing that, if that happens as proof that I'm unworthy, see it as a step along the way, see it as a, a a step on your journey and Of course, there's the emotional experience of pain when I had my hopes up, I had developed feelings for someone, I had a dream and a vision of where this relationship would go. Of course, there's pain and emotional suffering when that falls apart. And I'm not suggesting that you just go, oh, just a step along the way, no big deal. Like, no, I'm not suggesting that. When it hurts, let it hurt. And love yourself through that hurt. And be authentically vulnerable in how vulnerable you are as a human being who can love and be hurt. And like there's something so authentic about that. And there's something so beautiful about that. So you can feel the pain around it. You can cry. You can let it go. You can even acknowledge that there's a part of you that is doubting if you'll ever be worthy or if love will ever find you. You can even acknowledge that. But there's a there's a a, a way of like getting deeper inside yourself. Where it's like you go below the emotional pain that you're experiencing and you go below the fear of maybe I'm not worthy, maybe it's never gonna work out, maybe I'm gonna end up alone, and you go below all of that, and you find something inside of yourself that is just made of love. And and I truly believe that suffering is the only way we can go that deep. When we just get everything we want all the time, we don't go deep. Like, if if you look at certain people that have never had to confront serious challenge in their life, they tend to not be that deep either. Because love is, love is vulnerable. And love hurts, like to love is to grieve. You cannot, you cannot love without opening up that part of yourself that can be deeply deeply hurt the the two go hand in hand and so that fear of being abandoned that fear of you know just having the the floor ripped out from under you like That could happen to me. Like I'm, I have my heart wide open to the woman I love and we're married and we're building a life together. And at any point, for whatever reason, she could decide she doesn't want this anymore. And I could not have the relationship that we have right now. If I wasn't also opening myself up to that kind of pain. And trusting that she'll never do that. And she's trusting the same thing about me. And if it happens, then we'll we'll deal with that when it happens. But that is the nature of being in love. And our pain, our willingness to feel the, the deep feelings that come with all of this, is what drives us deep within ourselves to the place within us that is only love. And when we can be comfortable in the discomfort, when we can learn to hold that pain and that sadness and just be with it rather than reacting to it or avoiding it or running from it, what what happens is that that love that's inside of us starts to emerge because there's, there's nothing to hide from anymore. There's nothing to protect ourselves from. You can stay. If you want to stay, you can go, if you want to go. My wife said to me last night, she said that she remembers a day when I was sitting on her couch in our living room here. This is before it was our living room. It was her living room. And, um, and I was sitting on the couch and we were, you know, we almost broke up like 20 times in our first year. And I remember saying to her like, you know, I, I can't be afraid that we're gonna break up. Like if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. And it was like probably probably the first time in my life that I had really learned to stand in that place of being okay with letting this relationship go. And And I would say, In that same note, it was probably the first time I had ever truly loved somebody because because to truly love someone is to give them the opportunity to go if they want to. And if you're not giving someone that out, then you don't really love them. You're just trying to use them to get what you want from them. Because love is like, if you don't want to be here, you shouldn't be. And I'll deal with my feelings about it. But the the love that I have inside of me could never hold you in a place that you don't want to be. And so if, if you don't want to be here, I'll deal with my feelings about it. But if you don't want to be here, you have to go. Because the love inside of me just can't take that. And that is a very, very vulnerable place to be, but that's the only place that love can truly be experienced. So to the person who asked the question, well, I've already answered it. So I'm, I'm just gonna leave it at that, you know, but but recognize there is a certain vulnerability in, in loving, in opening yourself up to someone, in opening your heart. There is the possibility That six months in or a year in or two years in, they're going to decide they don't want this anymore. And there's no way to experience love in a romantic relationship without also being open for that possibility. And what I want to say, this is the last thing I'll say about it is the more willing you are to let that person go, the more likely it is that they will stay. The more willing you are to let that person go, the more likely it is that they will stay. I'm gonna end with that today. Um, it's been a great conversation. We've we've covered a lot. Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, this is the first podcast of the new year, and uh, I hope you're all kicking it off right. You know, let's let's make this a year of love. Let's make it a year where we all we all do our best to bring love to everything. That's the only. That's the only thing that works, and you know you can try every other thing. You can try every other thing, but at some point, you're gonna come to a place where you realize that love is the only thing that works. All right, so send in so much love to everybody for the new year. Last thing I wanna say before we close out is my program Inspired Love is open for enrollment right now. Um, if you're joining me on Instagram today, you can go to the link in my bio and you can apply there. Um, if you're hearing this on the podcast, go to inspiredloveprogram.com. You can, uh, you can read about it there. You can apply for the program there. If you have any questions, you can email me um, at Fatima at thelivingrelationship.com. You can also shoot me a message on Instagram. Uh, we're responding to all the DMs, so... If you have a question about the program, if, if there's something you want to know, we're more than happy to chat with you about it and, um, and go to my, or excuse me, go to inspiredloveprogram.com, and, uh, you can learn more about the program there. All right. So sending you so much love for the new year, everybody love and blessings, wherever you are. Uh, Thank you so much for being with me and and joining me live each week. And for those of you who listen to the podcast, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Um, Happy New Year, everybody. Many blessings. And I'll see you back here next week. Thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, at thelivingrelationship, to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love.